0: welcome to this presentation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. I want to talk this morning about Moses. Last week we talked about some characters who had to wait patiently most of them for, for many years before the promise that God had given them, before they saw the fulfillment of that promise. For many of them, it was this kind of this question of faith, this question of holding on to that promise and that hope uh, that they had in Christ. And uh, Moses, I guess, in some ways is a guy who uh, was given a promise from God. God had a great purpose and a great destiny uh, for him. But why is it important, I guess, one of the questions, why is it important for us to to, to study? Why should we care about who Moses was? It's, it's an interesting story, sure, but essentially he was a guy who lived on the other side of the world several thousand years ago, wasn't he? So, uh, well... So so you know it's it's ancient history really isn't it so what do we what can we learn from Moses what do we have to learn from him now maybe this morning you feel like you know the story of Moses pretty well who's heard of Moses who knows a bit about his story who's seen a movie about him yeah there's been several hasn't there and we kind of in in a lot of ways a lot of us know the general kind of story he was this Baby who was put in a basket in the river. He was ra- found by the princess and raised in Pharaoh's house. He grew up, killed an Egyptian guy and ran away into the desert. And then he had this thing with the, the burning bush where God called him to be the deliverer of the nation of Israel. And, uh, and he didn't want to do it, did he? But eventually he gave in. He uh, surrendered to, to God and God didn't give him an option, I think. And then he came and appeared before Pharaoh and said, let my people go. And then there was all the plagues that came on. Eventually, Pharaoh let the people go and they went out into the, the, the wilderness to Mount Sinai and God gave Moses the Ten Commandments with all the fire and lightning on top of the mountain and the smoke and the clouds. And, uh, and it was all very dramatic. Is that generally about the, the gist of it have I missed anything? There's probably a few things that I missed, a few details but it is a very dramatic story isn't it and it certainly had the the Hollywood treatment sometimes more accurately than other times, sometimes they kind of take a little bit of license as they do with some of these things but it's really, it's more than just an interesting story. However, most of us are not going to be kind of Uh, leading nations out of slavery or calling down plagues on anybody or any of that kind of stuff anytime soon, are we? So as we look at the story, what we discover is that essentially it's a story of a man trying to follow God and to fulfill the purpose that God had for his life. That's a little bit more relatable, isn't it? So we're going to look at the story of Moses, how he tried to live out what God had called him to do. Now the Bible records quite a great deal about him, a lot of it's recorded in the book of Exodus and if you want we're going to read some passages from Exodus chapter 2 this morning so if you want to find that in your Bibles and follow along if you brought your Bibles, um, Exodus is the second book of the Bible and Exodus is just a word that means coming out. So it's really the story of Israel coming out of slavery in Egypt. And I think there's a lot that we can learn from Moses. I think that because he's a a real person, uh, it's a human story. And like a lot of characters in the Bible, unlike figures in other historical writings sometimes, the Bible actually records characters with their strengths and their weaknesses, doesn't it? And we see successes and we see failures. We see the the ups and the downs we see the times when people you know they're, they're there in their relationship with God and things are going great and then we also see the times when they're like oh woe is me and we can think of probably a lot of different characters and stories in the Bible where where that's the case Have you ever... I, I think in some ways, uh, the, Moses was a, a character that's been quite significant to me through different periods of my life. And one of those periods was when God first really called me to be a pastor. And, uh, and it was one of those moments where I really kind of related to Moses in the whole, you know, are you sure, God? Uh, me? Like, maybe you should choose somebody else. I'm sure that there are other people that are far more qualified just just choose somebody else, all right? Please? Someone? Anyone? <laughs> um, and I don't know if you've ever had a moment like that where there, w- there was something that you knew that you were supposed to do but felt absolutely terrified by the idea of, of doing it. Maybe it was moving to another country where you didn't speak the language or maybe it was taking on a, a new job or a new career or maybe it was when you first had a baby or a child and you just, you know, you looked at this little thing and thought, this thing is that's completely dependent on me and I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, Anybody relate to that? Yeah, (laughs) I think there's a few of us have kind of had those moments, hasn't there? And so I kind of, i related and God really drew me in in that moment when I was kind of like, I I don't want to do this, I'm unqualified, I I, I can't do it, it's too hard, I'm not, I don't have the skills, I don't have the qualifications. And God really brought me to this story of Moses at that moment and and encouraged me in it. And it really reminded me that it was more about God than it was about me. Because God uses flawed and imperfect and unqualified people all the time, doesn't he? But God has a plan. Somebody described the life of Moses or described Moses as a guy who spent his first 40 years thinking he was somebody... His next 40 years discovering that he was a nobody and his last 40 years learning what God can do with a nobody. So let's, let's have a bit of a look at the story of Moses. Let's have a look at Exodus chapter 2 and read a little bit about the beginning of the story of Moses. About this time a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby, like not any other parents have ever thought that before, have they? No. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. Now, it's important to remember that, oh, if, if, re, if, go back and read chapter 1, during the week. I didn't have time to read it this morning, but that the Hebrew people were in slavery in Egypt, Pharaoh had decreed that because there was too many of them, that any baby boy who was born should be instantly put to death. And so this is what we're coming in. This is why she needed to hide him away and protect him and keep him quiet for three months. when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. Now if you've seen the Prince of Egypt movie, they painted a little bit of a different picture about putting the baby in the river, didn't they? And and there was kind of like this this really dramatic kind of scene and the music was loud and she kind of pushed the baby out into the middle of the Nile and it was kind of floating along and nearly being eaten by hippos and crocodiles and swamped by boats floating down the river and all this kind of stuff. But we don't really see that when we actually read the Bible, do we? Who would have thought Hollywood would get it wrong or make something more dramatic? It says soon pharaoh 's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the river bank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said then the baby 's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find? "'One of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you?' she asked. "'Yes, do,' the princess replied. "'So the girl went and called the baby's mother. "'Take this baby and nurse him for me,' the princess told the baby's mother. "'I will pay you for your help.' "'So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. "'Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, "'who adopted him as her own son. "'The princess named him Moses, for she explained, "'I lifted him,' Out of the water now there 's a, a lot to unpack in in this, but there 's just a few things that I want to kind of look at firstly, this is really a story about faith this, this whole story of Moses was birthed in faith from the time that that he was born, and his parents they uh, they, they saw something in him we don 't know exactly what we don 't know. Um, you know, was he really that special? <laughs> How can you tell if a baby's special or not? Some translations say that they saw that he was a very beautiful child. Now, remember that this, this was a book that was written by Moses, so, you know, I'm not sure exactly what that says, but, but I wonder if perhaps there was something that God had stirred in their heart, that it was more than just the, the love that every parent has when they see their baby. But if there was something that maybe God just just prompted or stirred, whether he gave them some idea that, I mean, I'm sure that they didn't know exactly what was going to happen. But there was some sense, perhaps, in which God had showed them that he had a destiny. And so by faith, trusting in God, they, they hid him away. Hebrews 11 is talking about, talks about all these different characters and how they showed faith and it says it was by faith in verse 23 that by faith that Moses parents hid him for three months when he was born they saw that God had given them an unusual child and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command often don't we think that faith and trusting God sometimes means sitting back and waiting for God to do stuff Now sometimes that's the case, sometimes God says, sit back, do nothing, trust me and and I'll do this. But I think that there are also times when uh, faith means taking wise action and trusting God for the outcome. Faith and uh, planning, faith and preparedness are not always mutually exclusive. And we see that in this story, don't we? When we see uh, Moses' mother, uh, Joshebed, who she didn't just push a baby out into the river and hope for the best, did she? It says she, and I'm sure that she had planned this out quite carefully. She she would have had a fair idea that the place where she put Moses in the reeds was where the princess came down. It's reasonable to assume that this was a, a somewhat regular practice. Maybe not every day, but a kind of a regular thing, and and that Moses' mother knew this. She put him in the reed. She she would have prepped uh, Miriam, his sister, with what to say. She would have been a, a young girl then, and she would have they would have practiced what to say when the princess comes down and all that kind of stuff. But there were also a lot of unknowns. It's not like this was just you know it all worked out the way that his mother planned you know God, God's hand was very clearly in this but it's this, it's this faith of um, planning and preparedness and, and trying to make the right choices and trying to follow God's leading but ultimately trusting God for the outcome. Joshua had no idea Um, how the princess was going to react to finding this baby if it was the princess that found him or if it was someone else that found him who happened to come along or how the princess would react or would she even come along at the right time or you know there was all these kind of unknowns but she did what she could and she trusted God for the rest and it was counted to her as faith. The result was that not only did Moses survive but in, in God's gracious kindness, she actually had several years to, to nurse him and raise him and, and, and begin to teach him the things of God and, uh, and have him with her as part of her family. Not only that, but she was paid by the, the royal house to, to do it. Isn't that a great outcome? And God orchestrates things. Sometimes he just orchestrates things in a way that we could have never even imagined doesn't he? Corinthians says that God is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask, think or imagine. This is the God that we serve. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you're ever in a situation that seems impossible, trust God. Seek Him, follow His directions, do the things that kind of seem Uh, right sit and wait when it's when he tells you to sit and wait but uh, take action sometimes as well it's okay to plan and and things as well as long as we're seeking God and listening to God in it now yes there are times when he does call us to endure suffering for a time and things don't always turn out wonderfully and rosy for us in every situation but God has a plan and God is able to work things out for you that ultimately in the end will be for our good. That, and often we look back on things at times and we see God's hand at work and we go, wow, like God actually made that work out really well. Much better than things probably would have if I'd been in charge. Let's read on, Exodus uh, 2 verse 11. Many years later... When Moses had grown up, so he's now an adult, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. The next day, when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. Why are you beating up your friend, Moses said to the one who had started the fight. The man replied, who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me like you killed that Egyptian yesterday? Then Moses was afraid, thinking, everyone knows what I did. And sure enough, Pharaoh heard what had happened and he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. Now, Moses had been raised in Pharaoh's household. Scripture tells us that he'd been educated and trained uh, in all of the the wisdom and the learning of the Egyptian nation. It would have been an interesting life, I think. He would have had these early memories from his time in the land of Goshen with his parents and his brother and his sister. And then he would have been brought in and, and taken and kind of educated in language in mathematics, in science, in in war and and battle strategy, and in literature, and and all the kind of things, he would have been uh, tutored uh, as one of the the royal household, prepared to be a ruler. Now, being ancient history, there's a little bit of uh, uncertainty around some of the. It, it's really hard to kind of pin down. Uh, And scholars often disagree or have different ideas about exactly when things occurred and exactly which Pharaoh it was and all that kind of stuff. But there's a lot, there's a a school of thought that says that the Pharaoh who, or the the princess who pulled Moses out of the rushes actually became Pharaoh at one point. You know, because sometimes the the daughters would do that. They would dress up as men so that they could actually rule as Pharaoh. And she didn't have any other sons. So it, it is not unlike, not unreasonable to think that there's at least a possibility that Moses could have been being prepped, being groomed to be Pharaoh one day. And so it's, it's not so hard then to imagine how this guy kind of grows up with a very casual view about life and death. You know, Pharaoh, he would have seen any number of people criminals brought before pharaoh before judges sentenced to execution he would have seen any number of slaves being beaten and tortured and you know and and dying on the the work sites he would have seen death all around him in the ancient world life was quite cheap and this was the environment that he grew up in as being a person who had in many ways had authority over life and death for a lot of people And so it's no wonder that, in, that he grows up thinking that he's a somebody. All his life he's been told that he's special. From the time that his mother and father were raising him as a toddler, he was told that he was special. He was saved, he was chosen, he was called for a purpose. And then he comes in as a, as a son of the royal household and how much even more is he told that he's special? he's chosen he's a, he's above everybody else he's he's special he's he's educated he's intelligent it says that he grew quickly and he picked up all these things he was a smart guy is it any wonder that he thought of himself as a somebody is it any wonder that he thought that perhaps he was the somebody to be the deliverer for his people now this is an interesting thing because i always kind of had in my mind that it was the encounter that Moses had at the burning bush where he suddenly, like God, the the call to be the deliverer was a thing that God only gave him at the burning bush. Now maybe you're you're cleverer than me but that was kind of always what I had in my head, the burning bush was when God called Moses to be the deliverer. But I want to read just a little bit of this kind of story of Moses from a different perspective because In Acts, we read uh, a a speech that was given by one of the early Christians in the days of the early church uh, and and he talks about the history of Israel and he gives a little bit of insight into this. I always just kind of thought that you know when he killed that Egyptian and you know and then kind of ended up having to flee it was just one of those and maybe Hollywood's to blame maybe it's just my reading of the story and whatever I don't know I just kind of, it was one of those things where he just saw an injustice and he just reacted spontaneously in the moment I don't know if you've ever had a thought but about that but let's just read these verses in Acts chapter 7 and this is Stephen who's talking. It says, uh, "At that time, Moses was born, a beautiful child in God's eyes. His parents cared for him at home for three months, and when they had to abandon him, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and raised him as her own son. Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was powerful in both speech and action. One day, when Moses was forty years old, he decided to visit his relatives." the people of Israel. Sounds fairly familiar so far, doesn't it? He saw an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite. So Moses came to the man's defense and avenged him, killing the Egyptian. Now look at this. Moses assumed his fellow Israelites would realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't. The next day he visited them again and saw two men of Israel fighting. He tried to be a peacemaker Men, he said, your brothers, why are you fighting each other? But the man in the wrong pushed Moses aside. Who made you a ruler and judge over us, he asked. Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard that, he fled the country and lived as a foreigner in the land of Midian. And there his two sons were born. Stephen tells us, and, and the book of Acts tells us that as he this this speech that he gave was inspired by the Holy Spirit. It says he was full of the Holy Spirit. And it says that he it, it kinda suggests, doesn't he, that or well, more than suggests, he really kind of says it quite clearly that 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 there's this understanding that Moses had that he was to be a rescuer, to be a deliverer for his people. Now we don't know exactly where that might have come from, whether that came from his parents when he was little or or whether that was something that he just kind of thought he was the the man to help his people when he saw the need or whatever it might be, but there 's this sense that he understood this calling of God on his life from a much earlier stage than what what we sometimes realize, but as he tried to to do that you know and, you know, and he would have thought, you know who better qualified to help these people than than one of the royal family, somebody who was powerful in speech and in action, power, someone who had authority, someone who had clout, someone who was trained in combat and battle, who was there that was better qualified than Moses to be the deliverer for the people? But we know that this wasn't God's plan and, and here's the thing, that God often has a plan for doing things in such a way that it can only be God. God loves to do things in ways that are impossible for anybody else to do. God doesn't, you know, he he allows us to take part in things often, but if Moses had just kind of, you know, in in human wisdom and in human strength, if he just organized and rallied the people and and led a rebellion and they'd fought their way out, then who would have got the credit? Moses would have. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's not a trick question, it's all right. If Moses had, you know, been the great leader and rallied the people, then Moses would have got the credit and not God. And then what happens for the people of Israel when Moses isn't around anymore? And when they're oppressed by somebody else and Moses isn't there anymore, then what do they do? They go looking for another hero. They go looking for another deliverer. They go looking for another man who's powerful in speech and action. And, you know, and, and they're always looking to people to solve their problems. But God didn't want that to be the case. God wanted to do this in a way that every single person in Egypt and in Israel would know that it was God who delivered his people that it was God who was watching out for his people, that it was God who was the protector of his people because he is the one that is always with us now and forever. He is the one who has power. And God has a plan for us. God has a plan for our lives and it's a plan where he gets the glory, where he gets the glory and not us. We don't get the glory for making great decisions and building and making something of ourselves. But in, in the story, as, as we follow and the unfolding of God's plan for us, and I want to encourage you that no matter what stage of life, if you're here this morning, then God's plan for you isn't done yet. You're still here. He's still got plans for you. But as we, as we follow that unfolding of God's plan... That it's a plan where God gets the glory, where God is uh, seen as our, our protector and our provider and our leader. God orchestrated events. God had a plan for Moses and he's got a plan for you. God orchestrated events according to that plan in Moses' life. And God is orchestrating events in your life today. You may not know what that is. You might not see what he's doing. But like we sing, uh, we didn't sing it today, but we often sing even when we don't see it. By faith we believe that God is working for us and for our good. And he's working on our behalf and he's doing things that we can't see. And he's doing things in places where we have no control or authority and he's working for us. Moses tried to do things in his strength. Because he thought he was somebody. He thought he was somebody special. And he had everything going for him, didn't he? He had every credential that the the world at the time could offer. But here's the thing, it, it isn't enough. It wasn't enough for Moses, it's not enough for us. There is no level of education that we can uh, earn that is enough. There's no strength or skill or ability that we can gain that is going to be enough to make our life work, to fulfill the plan that God has for us. It wasn't enough for Moses. What did Moses need? Moses needed God. Moses needed God's miraculous power. He needed to learn to do things God's way. God is watching over us. God wants us to to learn to do things His way. He wants us to understand that, that He might have great plans for our life to be significant and to mean something and to accomplish things in our life. But it's not because of our skills or our ability. It's not because we were better than somebody else and we earned the privilege or we deserved it. But it's because God chose us, because God loved us and because he wanted to do things through you and in your life. He wants you to know, as you learn to do things his way, and as you begin to see that outworking plan of God, he wants you to know that he is your deliverer, that he is your protector, that it's Jesus who freed us out of our slavery to sin, who delivered us and brought us into freedom. new life with him and he has an amazing plan in the future we're going to explore this uh, story of Moses a little bit more in the 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 weeks to come but I want to leave it there this morning I want to leave us with that so let's pray together father we thank you that you have a great plan for each one of us lord that you are working in our lives just as much as just just in the same way that you worked in Moses' life, in the same way that you did amazing things in his life and through him, you protected him, you you provided for him, you watched over him. And Father, your word says that you do those same things for each one of us. Lord, that as we, we hide ourselves in you, that you are our protector and provider through Jesus Christ. And Father, we pray that... Just as Moses learned that he needed to do things your way, that he needed to do things in your strength and according to your plan. Lord, each one of us need to learn that same thing. We need to learn that uh, when we do things your way, God, they work so much better. As we do things your way, that we have your strength and your power available. Lord, for each person here, Lord, if if there are people here this morning that are facing what seem like impossible circumstances or impossible situations, where there seems to be no solution, Father, I pray that you would help us to trust in you. Lord, give us wisdom. Lord, there may be things that we can do to preparedness or or things, good actions that we can take that... um, but Father, ultimately, so many things we have to trust you for. So many things in our life. We can't control the outcomes and we can, um, we, can, we can do the right things. But Lord, ultimately, the outcome is in your hands. So Lord, I pray that you would help us to trust you. Help us to have faith in the God who sees all things who loves us and works on our behalf. Help us to trust you, even when we can't see what you're doing. Follow your leading. Put our faith in Jesus. We pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, head to our website at bethelcrc.org. Check Bethel Family Church on Facebook.